You are tuned into the Dr. Tina Show with Dr. Tina Moore. For more, visit drtina.com. Welcome to the Dr. Tina Show. I'm your host, Dr. Tina Moore. I'm a naturopathic and chiropractic physician, and I'm here to tell you the truth as I know it. With censorship and thought police taking over the platforms and airwaves, my goal is to bring you real talk about all things health, strength, and resiliency. Get ready to have your paradigm rocked. I don't hold back, and I tell it how I see it. This is Human Wellness 2.0 Uncensored. Today's guest is Dr. Seth Gerlock. Dr. Seth is one of my Instagram freedom fighting buddies, and he's been vocal on the topic of mask mandates all year. He's a functional medicine doctor and chiropractor, and I know you'll find him entertaining and endearing. In this episode, we cover exposing the fallacies around masks, mask effectiveness, case studies on mask use, and kids and mask use. If you have any questions for the show, please email us at podcast at drtina.com. That's D-R-T-Y-N-A dot com. And if you like this show, please rate it and subscribe to it on your favorite podcast app. I'm glad you're here. Let's jump in. So we're just going to jump right in. So I've got Dr. Seth Gerlich here with me. I'm so excited to have you, Seth. You're a chiropractor and a functional medicine doctor in St. Louis, Missouri, where I'm from, originally born there, and nice. (laughs) And I'm so glad to have you here today. Will you tell the audience a bit about yourself? Yeah, Dr. Tina, thanks for having me. I've followed you for a long, long time. It's just kind of surreal to get in touch with all these people this past year of uh, all these amazing people in in the natural health community. Yeah. But, so yeah, I think just to break, make a long story short, I was really sick when I was a kid, went through conventional medicine. They didn't help me at all. In fact, I was kind of left for dead. Here's five medications, like hope you make it another year or so. In and out of the ER, suicidal thoughts, severe depression type stuff. And it wasn't until I kind of broke out of that matrix and got into, oh my gosh, I had mold exposure. Oh my gosh, parasites are an issue with me. You know, oh my gosh, food does matter. All these things uh, ended up kind of healing my body with help of other people, of course, these awesome functional medicine doctors. That's what pushed me into functional medicine. And so now that's, that's what I help other people do. And I think more than anything, it's giving people hope because today many people hear, oh, conventional medicine is the only way. This is your only chance of healing. You and I both know that's complete and total BS and... Um, It's just been a complete and total conglomerate shoved down our throats for 100 years or so. But now we know people are waking up to this whole side of everything affects the body, your emotional health, spiritual health, the foods you eat, the environment you live in, the toxins you breathe, your gut microbiome. So those are things I'm passionate about. And of course, health freedom. And that's it really took off this past year when all this pandemic stuff took off. So um that's where I'm at right now. We, we talk masks and, you know, there's vaccines and all these things coming at us faster than we would ever believe. But uh, I know we are both health warriors and I know there's tons of health warriors out there. And I just love uh, this community, too. It's so yeah, it was so great to have you pop up on my Instagram, because when this all started, I I mean, I, I joke that I get this sort of warrior passion to fight no matter what, never back down from my St. Louis dad. Like that's, he's a scrapper, as I told you offline, and he taught me to fight. And my immediate reaction was, I have a voice, I have an audience, and I have information from my own experience. I have a very similar story. Maybe it was just St. You know, the Midwest being right, you know, born there. It's like antibiotics shoved down my throat from the time I came out the birth canal, you know, obliteration of microbiome and having to go through my own journey to find answers. I just could not be silent. And I was taking 
so many bullets and I was getting hit by my own profession. I was being attacked by my friends. I did not understand what was happening because I was like, weren't we all in the same classes together? Didn't we all sit through basic sciences together? And then it occurred to me, I did not take basic sciences with the naturopathic doctors. I took them in chiropractic college because I'm a chiropractor too. So I realized the first two years of my schooling was all through chiropractic college. And I started seeing folks like you pop up. I started seeing the chiropractors actually step up. And I was so excited to see you, to see what you were putting out and to see so many of the other health freedom fighters. And, you know, and then obviously like people who weren't even doctors, who were just passionate about the topic, had information to share in a great voice and a great um, way of transmitting information. And I think that all in all, we've, we've made an impact. I think we've made, you know, we've, it's been, and you were there in the original, you know, that first wave of us really paved the, I, I got to say, like we took the bulk of the crap and there is a whole second wave that came. Thank God they showed up. I mean, we needed reinforcements. And I'm so glad that we've got docs like Bradley Campbell and all these other great docs. But like, we were the ones that were obliterated on that first, there was probably what, like five of us just getting destroyed daily. (laughs) It was rough. Yeah, we were storming the beaches of Normandy. uh, Not to downplay those soldiers that, I mean, those guys are way braver than than I am for sure. But it seemed kind of like, when you look at who are they trying to censor, what are they trying to keep, that's how you know you're making a big impact because the stronger they push, it's like, holy crap, we must be hitting a nerve because they are after us, you know? They're oh, yeah. censoring. They're, like, I had two accounts deleted within five minutes of each other. Like, how would they do that? No warning. So, yeah, it's uh, 100%. It's just when you look at, and it's just ramping up now, they're looking about, you know, um, censoring our text messages. And, oh, yes. <laughs> and the... the uh, administrations come out and said they're going to do all these things now. So they're not stopping, you know, so that we're only getting warmed up, but it's totally neat. I think everyone is on the planet at this very time for this very reason. So I wholeheartedly believe that. And then the more people step into their truth and speak up all this, all this BS ends faster. Yes. Yes. So you are, you and I are going to talk about masks today because that was I think all of us have taken a sort of a separate little role and we have our different areas of expertise. And the first thing I noticed about you on coming out on social media was you were talking about masks, which was the bravest thing I had seen because people were, I mean, what a hot topic, what a politicized nonsense, I mean, topic. So let's dive in. Let How did it start in the beginning? Like, obviously common sense was like, eh, and I got to say, I'll just preface with this. I was cautious at first because I am a cautious physician. I completely understood that this virus was aerosolized from day one. I have a background in in virus, uh, understanding of viruses. I won't say I'm not a virologist. But I knew from day one, I was like, masks aren't going to do shit. Like, what are they talking about? So I was suspect, but I did put out content online saying, hey, let's just be cautious. Um, Not so much play along with the system, but like, let's not be assholes and let's sort of figure it out. And then I I actually opted in. Well, I I was doing research as well. I was not finding as solid of research as you were. I opted into your, you had, I don't know if you still have it, but you had a whole packet of research made available for if you, you know, shared your name and email. And I started reading through that and then listening to you more and more. And I was like, this is such nonsense. So wow. That's that's pretty humbling that you uh, opted in to get my my mask in. That's awesome. Oh, I'm I'm on your that's I'm cool. on your list. <laughs> I, I love your- that. <laughs> I love that. I will say I've had some help too, and like I have a, a couple patients that like love researching. Like and and 
so we team up together and we're like, you take this, we'll take this. Um, Cause we're just, I'm on a mission to expose liars and false truths. Like it irks me to the core. Like I'm with you. Like I'm a rage against the machine, like hardcore, right. From back in the day. And I love the memes. Like, where are all my Rage Against the Machine fans? Like, all of them just flip to, yes, just shoot oh. me up with whatever. That's a totally different subject. Though. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, masks, you know, they, it, I'm cautious too. But in the beginning, when they started saying, okay, the science has already settled masks work. Okay, my ears perk up. When, when is science ever settled? Then, then they hear, well, masks are the only thing you can do. There's nothing yeah. else you can do. I'm like, okay, my BS meter is getting a little bit high here. And then they're like, yeah, it doesn't really matter what mask you use. You can just, like, throw on an old bandana and rewear right. it 800 times. And now I'm like, okay, that doesn't make sense. And then you see all these politicians not wearing masks. Like, yeah. you see Gavin Newsom, like, going out to dinner not wearing a mask. Andrew Cuomo. You see John Kerry on a plane. You see Nancy Pelosi. And I'm like, well, if this is a super deadly virus that escaped uh, from bat soup, uh, but you can block with a bandana, but none of the politicians are wearing it. And then they say all kids have to wear it all the times, which if you look at the literature, 99.997-ish percent of the time, kids are totally okay with this. That's when I'm like, okay, no, this doesn't make sense to me. You know, like what is going on? So that's when we dove into the research and try to find this stuff. So there's two main schools of studies I was finding. Like one, are they effective? Can they block viruses? And the other one, was our mask harmful? Because you hear from people, it's not that hard, dude. Just throw on a mask, right? Right. But now you have people wearing masks for hours a day in kids and all these people. That's never been done before. When have we totally masked a, a whole population of healthy people from birth till death? That's never happened, right? So there's not like you can go back in studies from 1980 when we masked the, the whole freaking country. <laughs> Just non-existent because you just don't do that. So some of the studies that I found, you know, I've got some of them here. So just on, are they effective? Do they block viral particles? I think one of the biggest ones that I found, and this is on the flu virus, it's on the CDC website. I have all these, by the way, in this, I just, I updated, by the way, this mask study PDF, added some, showed some graphs and charts. This is one is from the CDC's website. They looked at 10 randomized controlled trials and there, what they found, it says, quote, we found no significant reduction in influenza transmission with the use of face masks. So you can kind of extrapolate, I would assume, right, flu virus to other viruses. I mean, they're decently similar. I don't know, Dr. Tini, you could tell me maybe a little bit more on that. They, they're very but, similar. They're both, they're both single-stranded RNA encapsulated viruses. Like that's, yeah. they're, ve they're very similar, different size a little bit. Flu is actually bigger. So masks should work yeah. better on flu than they right. do on coronavirus. So I'm like, okay, CDC, 10 randomized control trials. That's pretty good telling us that there's there's no effect. And this is 2020, right? This just came out. So it's not like this is old stuff. Wow. And then you start looking at this. A super interesting study. I'm not going to bore you guys with all these details. I'm going to get you the quick highlights. So don't tune out. I promise <laughs> you we're going to make it great here. And I, I was starting to get this pushback from people. Well, I mean, if you went to the doctor, you would want them to wear a mask. If you got an uh, operation... I found this study here. Uh, this is from 1991. Clinical trial. What they did, they had 3,000 surgeries. And half of them, they wore masks. Half of them, they didn't. The surgeons. And what they found, the group without masks, they had lower post-op infections. 
almost a 50% increase in infections with those that wore masks. I know. I, I had to read this like four times and like, oh my God, am I reading this correctly? Pretty wild. Um, yeah, and then you look at, there's different types of masks, right? There's N95, there's cloth, and there's surgical. And that's when, that's what blows my mind when they're like, it doesn't matter, just throw whatever on. <laughs> you know, right. There's a, there's a drastic difference between an N95 mask and a bandana you found on the floor and you throw around your freaking mouth. Like, and that's just, that's just a fact, right? So there's all these studies that show penetration rate of you know, these different masks. And there was one that showed, I think surgical mask was about uh, 80%, somewhere right in there. And when you start doubling those, I think they said you can double your protection if you wear five masks uh, or more of the surgical masks, which is really, it's like, who's going to wear five masks, right? No one. Another thing with masks too, and we'll jump back into a few other things, but if you look at like the people in charge, right? Fauci, let's take Fauci for instance here. Uh, when he first came out in February on that uh, 60 Minutes, and he said, you know what? Masks do not provide the proper protection that people think they do. The American public should not be wearing masks, right? It's not, it may drop a block a droplet or two. Like, I, I hear this in my sleep, right? Uh, and the guy's like, are you sure? And Fauci's like, yeah, they, they don't do anything. Surgeon General, same month. Seriously, people stop buying masks. This is his tweet. The American public should not be wearing masks. In fact, if you do it the wrong way, you're going to be increasing your risk of infection. Same thing, Good Morning America had these huge shows on this about how masks can actually make you more sick. And then literally weeks later, it's like, oh, yeah, uh, the, ma- the science of cells masks are great for you. So it, a lot of this stuff, like the dots, do not add up. Um, so here's another one here. Uh, World Health Organization, actually. I actually I had it printed, but it's some of it's right here. Directly from the World Health Organization, I printed this off last year. They said on um, one of their handouts here, a medical mask is not required for those with, who are not sick as no evidence is available on its usefulness to protect non-sick persons. And that's 100% correct, right? The randomized control trials of the flu show that. Again, the World Health Organization. So you know, you have Fauci, Surgeon General, World Health Organization all say that masks don't really protect you before all of them flip-flopping. Right. Uh, it's just insane. So let me get another one here, Dr. Tina, for you while you're waiting. Uh, okay, yes, here's the one that's the filtration rates of the cervical mask was up to 84%. So 84 of particles and aerosols were actually coming through the surgical mask. And... Um, it just goes to show that stopping viruses with a mask is just, it's... It's nonsense. It is, and it's almost like a fallacy that just took off. And now you see people, like, in their homes wearing masks, in their cars alone wearing masks. Oh, at, I, the, I, at the bus stop by themselves with no one around anywhere And I never, and I never understood that. So the, uh, the indoctrination is just so deep that people literally think there's, like, viral particles like flying around in the air coming to attack them like through their car vents or something. Yep. It, it's, it's really scary and wild when you think of it. Okay, OSHA, one, one other um, uh, authority source here. They say cloth masks and surgical masks will not protect the wearer against airborne transmission infectious agents due to loose fit and lack of seal or inadequate filtration. So OSHA, World Health Organization, Fauci, Surgeon General, uh, and here they are, mandated. 
you know, less than a month later in, in all these states and lockdowns. And when you look at um, effectiveness for like cases or deaths, and there's this guy on Twitter, ENMSC, and this is linked actually on my handout here. Oh, here was the World Health Organization handout that I read directly from there. Again, all this is linked in here. So ENSMC does puts together all these graphs. So he pulls data and he graphs. So on this one, he graphed um, like daily new cases, which you can argue cases, PCR tests, all that stuff. Just for the sake of it here, we're going to go along with this is one of them. I don't know if, if people are watching this, you can see it. If not, again, this is linked. So it shows when masks, like 92% of Americans were wearing masks. After that, cases skyrocketed in America. So if masks work to stop transmission, wouldn't you think that cases would not go through the roof after that? But then also, we're now getting data, right? Because different states did different things this past year. Yes. So we can see cases, deaths. So this is deaths per 1 million. California, Florida, Texas. So as know, California has the most draconian masks uh, mandates probably in the world. Right? Newsom was just on a tear for a while. Oh, I'm from I'm from Oregon. I just have to interrupt you. We have a tyrannical governor here who very few people know how bad it was. Oregon was its own little special hell. It still is. <laughs> so now Oregon, isn't it a law? Yes. With, with well, them? it's a ruling. They made it a permanent okay. ruling. Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. I, I didn't I guess, mean to interrupt you, but yes, no, the, whole, totally. the whole West Coast is really, we just yeah. have, you know, Oregonians like to keep to themselves and they're not as vocal. And I would say Washington, Washingtonians, Washingtonians, I don't know how to say it, but <laughs> the whole West Coast is really, I think, in some kind of weird mask pact. This episode of the Dr. Tina Show is brought to you by my personal line of products that you can find inside my store. If you're like me, you're tired of taking so many pills, especially when it comes to fish oil that often needs higher dosing to impact inflammation levels, and then you have to deal with the fishy burps. Not with my omega-3 fish oil, Ultra Mega OK. Ultra Mega OK features natural, enzymatically enhanced, maximal monoglyceride fish oil that has three times greater EPA and DHA absorption rate than to an equivalent dose of ethyl ester fish oil. Studies show that the starting dose for anti-inflammatory benefits for fish oil are around 3,000 milligrams a day, which can often mean taking three to six capsules a day or more of the competitor's fish oil. That same benefit can be obtained with one capsule of Ultra Omega OK due to its advanced absorption technology. Some other benefits of fish oil have been shown in studies to support cardiovascular health, support healthy mental function, support healthy glucose and insulin metabolism, and more. Ultra Omega OK formulas are made using proprietary maximal compositions containing monoglyceride, FO, with no additional ingredients, carriers, or excipients. Each fish gelatin soft gel is enteric coated, which means little to no fishy burps, and every batch of fish oil ensures the world's highest standards for purity, potency, and freshness. This fish oil is non-GMO, certified sustainable from a variety of small fish in Scandinavia, and antibiotic-free. Additionally, it's eco-friendly because the greater absorption of EPA and DHA ultimately means that fewer grams of fish oil are needed to be harvested for the same benefit. While I can't make any specific health claims, tell you how to dose it, or make individual recommendations, I can tell you how these products work. As always, check with your provider before beginning any supplement regimen. Listeners of the show can enjoy 10% off Ultra Omega OK by using the code Ultra Omega 10 in all capital letters over at my store. That's store.drtina.com. 
Again, that's store.drtina.com, D-R-T-Y-N-A. And yes, I did name it after a Soundgarden album for you diehard fans. You know who you are. I use this product every evening before bed, and it significantly improves my mood, outlook, and levels of discomfort. Again, head to store.drtina.com and use code ULTRAOMEGAOK10, all one word, for 10% off. So when you look at the actual data, though, and you can see it, I'll show you, Tina, again, for people that are watching, you can see this. If not, I'm going to explain it to you. The charts of deaths per 1 million people per each state, California, Florida, Texas, and it all looks very similar. Would you agree? Yes. Dr. Tina? Yes. So, and, and Florida lifted their restrictions back in September. Texas lifted their restrictions in March. California's had them the whole time. And even through majority of the chart, California had a higher death rate than these states. So again, if you can argue... Masks work, they stop deaths and transmission. There's another couple dings right there. And here's another one. All U.S. states, mask mandate versus no mask mandate looks almost identical when you look at daily new cases per 1 million as extrapolated out per the state. And here's another interesting one. Uh, We took Japan and Sweden flu cases, positive flu cases. And as you probably guessed, Japan has a much higher masking uh, culture than Sweden does. And again, they're pretty similar. Sweden even actually has a lower uh, flu rate. So again, a- effectiveness of these, I really challenge that. So again, is there some truth maybe on each side? Maybe it's somewhere in the middle. I don't really know, but I'm here to say the science is 100% not settled. And you cannot tell me reading all these studies that one, masks work. So now let's get into, are they harmful? Do they have any negative side effects? Because we've heard it's not that hard. Just throw a mask on. doesn't do anything to you. Well, let's look at that, shall we? Yes. uh, (laughs) I like this one. So randomized control trial. This is one of the best ones. It was 1,600 hospital workers. And they had uh, three different um, groups that they tested, cloth mask, surgical mask, and no mask. What they found, um, and this is in their discussion here, moisture retention, reuse of cloth masks, and poor filtration may result in increased risk of infection. So those that wear cloth masks, and it turns out these things become a harbor for things like bacteria, right? So uh, as we get into, uh, masks have been shown in some studies to block bacteria, which are much, much, much larger Yes. Than viral particles, right? So that's what we know. And we're talking like we're talking like a flea to a bus, right? Like in different size, hundreds of hundreds of x, right? Yeah. So, and also in the study, so penetration of cloth masks were was ninety seven percent. So we showed on the previous test eighty four percent penetration in surgical, ninety seven percent in cloth. Again. When when the powers that be come out and say it doesn't matter what you throw on your face, just throw something on. It's mind-blowing. Here's another one. Uh, 2021 uh, review. It looked at 65 different publications, Dr. Tina. It looked at 65 different publications because they were, these guys, just like us, were questioning saying, well, all, all these people are saying there's no change in physiology with masks. Let's look at that. What they found was really wild. They showed oxygen drop and fatigue. They showed respiratory impairment and oxygen drop, a carbon dioxide rise, um, uh, those that wore N95 masks had oxygen levels drop in their body. Uh, headaches reported, respiratory impairment, temperature rises, uh, moisture under the masks, 
They also ended it saying, extended mask wearing by the general population could lead to relevant effects and consequences in many medical fields. So this is where, like, when you walk into a store, they're like, hey, put a mask on. It's not just like, hey, throw some shoes on or throw some socks on. You're against our dress policy. These are medical devices that have physiological impacts in the body that we can actually see in studies. Um, here's another one here, a brand new one as well. They did a study on kids. The mean age was 10 years old. What they found, they tested air that was inhaled. So they had some way to measure air like right before they inhaled it under a mask. So what this says, carbon dioxide of inhaled air, inhaled air in children wearing cloth and surgical masks was on average anywhere from 7.6 to 34 times higher than normal ambient air. So, I mean, I look, I think back to physiology class then, right? Carbon dioxide, oxygen, uh, there's uptake. I mean, you go through the lungs, blood, heart, all these different things. Um, I don't remember it saying 34 times higher carbon dioxide is good for you. Uh, Maybe that was just me. Maybe everyone else missed that part of physiology in school. But for me, I know that that is not normal, right? So as we go on here, there's another 2008 study they did on 53 different surgeons. They gave them pulse oxes uh, when they had their surgical mask during surgery. Again, they showed uh, increase in, uh, uh, or sorry, decrease in oxygen saturation after the first hour. And they reflected that with a decrease in arterial oxygen with these surgeons also. So oh, not just no. pulse ox, not just pulse ox, but arterial oxygenation as well. And then you get into all the studies about if you don't wear masks properly, um, again, you're, you're fudging with it, you're touching your face, you're bringing more bacteria to your mouth, and then you're inhaling more bacteria. And the, the, there's a letter to the British Medical Journal where they hypothesize that you're increasing your viral load when you wear a mask because you cannot expel things as, as well as you should, right? Right. So you, the wearer, you have a built up buildup of carbon dioxide. You have a buildup of bacteria and other God knows what on your mask and viral particles that you're trying to maybe expel. So what happens in the long run, your immune system is altered long term mm-hmm. due to wearing these masks. Uh, so uh, I've got way more. I don't want to bore everyone with study after study. I literally have over 20 resources in here. Uh, so if you look at effectiveness, I would say not effective for viruses, right? And if you look at state to state, you look at studies, you look at penetration rates, then you look at, are they harmful? So we're seeing children, studies in children, we're seeing randomized control trials, we're seeing studies in surgeons, our uh, oxygen levels, carbon dioxide levels, we're seeing uh, symptoms, headaches, fatigue, all these different things from wearing masks. Uh, there is also another one, uh, I guess these Parents in Florida, if you sent it in, they sent in their kids' masks to a lab to see yes. what is on these masks. And it came back. I can't remember how many strains of pathogenic bacteria came. It was uh, pretty it was, wild. It was horrific. It yeah. was. Well, I have some experience with masks. I was in practice for over a decade. I did predominantly regenerative medicine injections. So I was injecting people all day long. And as you can imagine, that, and I was doing minor surgery procedures, I was doing adipose extraction to do stem cells. I wore masks when I did procedures and it was because I didn't want, I wanted to be able to converse with the patient, to stay in communication with them while I was doing the procedure. And I wanted to be able to not spit all over the 
surgical site. (laughs) So this is minor surgery. This is not major surgery, but these are, and there's needles going into joints. So we got to be careful. The only time I wore a mask was literally during the moment right before I put on, washed my hands and put on my gloves to inject the person. I'm very fast. So it was over fairly quickly for them, but they would wear a mask too. If we were going to do shoulders Sure. Because I didn't want them to turn over and cough on their shoulder and spew bacteria into their shoulder while I'm injecting it, right? Or I, really, it was more for convenience, so I didn't have to keep cleaning off the site and re, re-sanitizing the site. So mm-hmm. the amount of dizziness and fatigue and headaches that I would endure having to even wear them for five, 10 minutes at a time, I you can ask my assistant. I would go back into the back room, immediately pull off my mask, breathe for a few minutes and come if the procedure was going long and breathe and then come back and finish the procedure because it was horrific. I've had the luxury of living out in the country, not seeing patients and really not having to wear masks this whole year, even though I'm in Oregon. And the one time I did, I was doing a uh, prolotherapy training with some doctors and the one required that we all wear masks. And so we did. And these docs are wearing masks all day long in practice, all day long, five days a week seeing patients. And so they're used to it. But I'll tell you by about three o'clock, so I'm talking all day, I'm standing and I'm teaching doctors to stick needles in each other, which is pretty high stress. Like they're shaking. Sure. It's it's yeah. it's a little anxiety ridden. And by about three o'clock, I noticed that I could not articulate the point I was trying to make. I had a horrific headache and I was so dizzy. And I thought, wow, are my adrenals tanking out? Like what, you know, that's usually mm-hmm. like adrenal time, right? I'm like, do I need some salt? Do I need to take my adrenal support? And I realized it's because I couldn't freaking breathe. And I had been sucking down carbon dioxide all day. I started immediately doing studies on what low-grade hypoxia does to you and what it specifically does to children. And I'll tell you this much, if a child endures a high-grade hypoxic event, their rates of schizophrenia as adults significantly increase. So I know, I realize we're not putting these children through high-grade hypoxia, but low-grade hypoxia for a year plus. Where yeah, I, I was going to say, the, the length is where it's at. Yeah, so I, I, I would assume it would be, I am no... Um, you know, respiratory therapist, and I am no pediatrician, but I would assume that the results maybe long-term might be much worse having these kids masked right. up all day. And I'm in Oregon where kids are masked all day long, five days a week in school. It's insanity to me. And it, it went way too far. Like it went from being cautious initially for a few weeks. That was my caution period. A few weeks sure. I was like, hey, there's some kind of weird virus. People are dropping dead. Let's make sure we just be cautious. <laughs> to clearly some kind of weird virtue signaling, right. strange, tyrannical situation. Yeah. And that's the thing. When you see governors, mayors, those in charge, completely ignore science and just kind of do it on a whim and then not change or alter when things change, you're like, okay, they're just doubling down on nothing and just doing it just to do it. You yeah. Know? And that, that's like the kids, I draw the line with the kids for sure because it's just completely asinine. And... The kids, they don't have a voice to speak up for themselves. And that's where parents need to step up and stand stand up for your kids. Because if not, I mean, they're going to have to not only endure the physical stuff, but the um, mental and emotional toll on these kids is going to be unreal. And we're, we're not going to see for, for years. It's been horrible. This, well, you and I have both had a front row to the frontline workers throughout this pandemic, throughout the world. I mean, I'm sure you've gotten many similar messages. I've been having doctors, nurses, teachers, special education, special needs, 
um, occupational therapists, home care specialists, everybody, you name it, messaging me directly, telling me what they're seeing in real time from all over the world as it was unfolding. I mean, I think we had a very unique perspective that few in the world had. I don't think any politician had this vantage point. I don't think anyone did because you and I were like, like I said, we were like one of a handful of people literally getting our asses handed to us every single day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, I'll and put t- some, uh, yeah, I'll put some hair in your chest <laughs> and uh, make, you, make you grow up real quick. I just aged significantly. But the, the point is, is I was getting feedback from people. And one of the first things I started hearing when school came back in session was the especially with the younger children, just completely unable to even know who their friends were. They were not able to identify them without their masks on. They were they were identifying each other by math. Like I'm talking kindergartners, first graders. Um, the special needs kids, they that was a whole different thing. People, we communicate with our mouths. I mean, look at dogs as they're growing up. Right. We're, ma- we're mammals, right? They mouth each other. Like that's how we, it's, it's a thing. So that part was really upsetting. But then I started hearing from ICU, not ICU, I'm sorry, emergency nurses telling me that they were seeing all kinds of really weird pneumonias this past winter because of, they believe, because of the mask wearing. They were seeing infections and culturing out different things from sputum that was not normal and was not common from what they had normally in years past been dealing with. So I don't think people realize like, oh, just put a mask on, do do the right thing. I don't think they realize what they're doing when they say that. And you know that what it's turned into is this whole well, you wear it to protect me. And, uh, <laughs> right. So they started with masks and now they've got it with vaccines, right? Well, now I'm still not protected unless you get it too. I wear my mask, but I'm not protected unless you wear it too. So they're creating this whole division and you can see them separating people and then coming after the people that are not going to be vaccinated, which is a whole other topic. Right. But uh, they've completely outsourced and, take, and, and convinced people that they're inherently sick and completely weak. And any germ that flies around is going to take them down and kill them, not factoring in the immunity that millions of Americans have already had through T-cells or exposure to common colds previously, or even, you know, coming across and being completely asymptomatic and creating immunity that way as well. Uh, It's the the way they've done it and naturally manipulated people. That's where it's kind of scary. Well, it's terrifying and it's child abuse. I mean that's mm-hmm. that's where it's that's where I draw it. It's like if you want to be a if you want to be like crazy germaphobe, go ahead and wear a mask if if you feel like that's protecting you. And let's look at this for like historically. Okay, 1918 flu, great. People were wearing pieces of cloth over their mouth. But let's talk about when did people wear masks that you have seen in the last 10 years before 2020? I saw immunocompromised people wearing masks when they were on airplanes, when we were at concerts, when we were in group, you know, big group gatherings, that's when people would actually wear a mask if they needed it because they were immunocompromised. So how is it suddenly, why are we making public health policies to the lowest common denominator? And I don't mean any disrespect by that, but I, we are literally bowing down to the sickest and the most ill in our population. And we are all being forced to do the same. It's, Psychotic. There is no other mammalian species that will sacrifice their young to protect their elders. Yeah, I saw just, your post and it's spot on. You know, <laughs> what, what's the mean um, age of death right now? It's seventy something, right? With with coronavirus. Oh yeah, um, like and, our, and most most people dying. Like the bulk of them are actually over the expected life expectancy. Right, and with four plus comorbidities, and that's a whole nother talk for a whole nother day. Also, but yeah, it's it's risk versus reward. So when you have a blanket 
health mandate, like masks, that you are affecting hundreds of millions of people, that damn better be good for the overall population and do zero harm. And then it all comes back to health freedom. Anything that has a risk at all should be a choice, 100% of the time. So, so when people say, just throw it on, no, I have studies that show that masks are detrimental for the body. So yes. uh, out of abundance of caution, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. You can do your own thing. <laughs> I love right? it. I have a study I just saw from my friend, Dr. Jan- uh, Daniel Chong. He's a naturopathic doctor here in Portland. And you can, I don't actually have the study pulled up, but I have his post. And this is a quote from the study. So we know that aerosolized viruses of this subfamily can, I, th- I read 30 feet. They can blow out about 30 feet. And actually, your chances of getting of your chances of getting infected, this was another study your ch- last year, your chances of getting infected, and it was based on a mathematical model. They just mm-hmm. looked at it mathematically. Your chances of getting infected by being next to somebody was actually not nearly as much as it was just being in a room where the aerosolized Viron particles were. Gotcha. So it's really about air conduction. It's really, a, I yeah. mean, if we had just put, if we had mandated that everybody put HEPA filters inside their places of business and open the windows and put on fans, that's literally what the study concluded after like this huge mathematical analysis well into the pandemic, that if we just actually done better with air circulation and filtration, it's, it's the people 60 feet away that are filling the air. It's the super spreaders who are symptomatic or pre-symptomatic. We don't have to get into all that, but there, you know, there's that pre-symptomatic prodrome phase where they might have a high viral titer. Different types of bodies carry different viral titers. But again, we don't have to get into that. But anyway, um, this study that Dr. Daniel Chong pulled up basically showed that the masks itself took that aerosolization and actually concentrated it and shot it out of the mask. (laughs) Wow. So you're basically <laughs> becoming like a little, it said the, um, let me read this. When it doesn't take very much of an airborne pathogen for vulnerable individuals to get sick, a contagious individual should not wear a mask or a respirator, respirator that creates a concentrated plume of aerosols thinking they are protecting others. It's an explo- it's a explosive force that comes out of the mask because of the way the mask is designed. It's crazy. So, like, we're potentially making things worse. 100%. So, yeah, with, with isolation, lockdowns, masks, all these things, we've completely altered how, you know, infectious diseases move through population, right? And it, it prolonged it and altered it, and it's completely asinine. So, with that in mind, the six-foot social distance rule was completely made up out of thin air. Yep. There's no, like, hundreds of studies that show, oh, viruses only travel 5.5 feet. No, it's complete and total BS. It was made up. And later they're like, yeah, three feet's probably good now. It's like, what? How was it six? It's now it's three? What the hell are you talking about? You yeah. Know? So all 95% of this shit, they make up kind of as they go. And then everyone's like, yeah, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's really wild to me. Even like people today, like that are still wearing masks that have been double vaxxed and all this stuff. I'm like, well, the Delta variant and you can tell they're just uh, get everything from the mainstream media and are, are complete fear uh, nonstop. But back to kids, like the CDC director came out last year and admitted far more kids have committed suicide than died of COVID. Yeah. Uh, so for those under 20. And it's still that way, I believe. So we have to, we have to step up because no one's going to step in and, and be rational about it. I feel like that's where our voices come in and all your 
voices, you know, everyone listening, it's on a local level and it grows from there. Like local school board, yep. talking with your friends, little things matter. You're sending out a ripple effect into the world when you do these things. I mean, look at me, like, I mean, I was just making funny videos last year and like now I get to speak with all these people. It's amazing. So when you step into your truth and start, you know, stepping up and um, helping others out, good things happen. For sure. For sure. Can we talk really quickly before we we finish up about that Danish study? Do you have that one pulled up or do you have that in your stack? That was like, do you have it up? I don't, but it was like the, I think it was in the summer, last summer and it was, or the fall, but it was like the best study they had done on masking. Like it was the most comprehensive, well done study. My conclusion on that was that we had about a 20, 20 to 25% improvement with it. If somebody was symptomatic Gotcha. There was another yep. study that came out of, and this, it was buried in the middle of a paragraph in the middle of the study, but it was a study done, I think by the CDC or that was published on the CDC's website. And I can provide that for the audience as well. It was, yeah. they basically looked at restaurants. Do you remember this one? I think it was in the fall. They looked at restaurants and they looked at diners in a restaurant. And what they found was people who went out to eat and sat in enclosed spaces with other humans were more prone to getting coronavirus, which duh, right? But (laughs) interestingly, they found that, and and it's funny in Oregon, if you stand up and walk through the restaurant, you have to put the mask on. But if you're sitting, there's, you know, so we make this joke, like standing, there's no Rona, but sitting, there's Rona. I'm sorry, vice versa. Like if you're sitting, you're safe, right? Same thing in the airport. There's like little eating hubs in this giant. But what they found was, I think it was a 0.7% reduction only in mass versus non-mass. So that was pretty telling. And I didn't share that study out on social media because it was hard to decipher the data in there. And I knew I'd get a, biz- I just, sometimes it's not worth the effort. Like you try to put, throw something up and people like want to some kind of in-depth science lesson, which I do not have time. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking about. Oh my God. Yeah. So here's one excerpt. I, I'm pretty sure from the researchers had hoped that masks would cut the infection rate by half. Instead, 42 percent 42 people in the mask group or 1.8% got infected compared with 2.1% in unmasked group. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. That would, that would probably be close to your percentages. Though. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was not impressive data. So, and I sent that to several of my friends who were super smart and great at extrapolating studies. And I was like, am I reading what I think I'm reading? And we all agreed like, yeah, we're, we're all reading the same thing here. So one, one thing that drives me crazy, these studies can be so hard to interpret and comprehend and I feel like they they do that on purpose, you know? It's yeah. Like, well, we found this, but we kind of found this, and you could do this <laughs> type of thing. Right. It's like what? Kind of kind of like the vaccine studies that show uh, relative risk reduction is in the '90s, but absolute risk reduction is about one point seven to one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Meaning like one it, one out of 120 people would need to be vaccinated for one person to get benefit. That's basically what that means. Without going into that topic too far. So that's how hard it is to figure out studies. Sure. There's, yeah. there's a lot of the, weird math. The media really ring with that 95% uh, effective. Really yeah. Off of that. Yeah. Yeah. Efficacy rate versus effectiveness, which are also two totally separate things. But, you know, why Why explain it to the pop, you know, to the people? Nah. Right? So just- <laughs> the peons wouldn't understand it. We're just going to tell you 95 and roll with it. Yeah. Not, not, not the peasants. We won't explain it to them, right? <laughs> Crazy. Well, Mm -hmm. Dr. Seth, I am so happy to have you here. And this has been such a delight. I hope we can do it again. I hope we should do some Instagram lives together. And well, maybe we're that's a hot, 
that's a hotbed of, of gotta uh, be careful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's we'll a, do more of these, and uh, which we need to create our own platform. That's what needs to happen, and you know, I think from all this, I think there's going to be more. Uh, hopefully, a new airline, you know, new schools, new social media that are open to health freedom and yeah. open to ideas. And, I agree, uh, and so that's where I, I'm hoping that a lot of good comes out of this too. I think so. Well, tell the audience where they can find you. Where are all the things? Um, I'm on Instagram right now, as of now, dr underscore Seth Gerlach, um, uh, corehealthstl.com. And I'm on Telegram as well. So you can find me there. And uh, yeah, that's, you can find my studies, my math studies there too. Awesome. So you can track all those down. I'll, I'll make them available to your peeps. And we'll provide the link so people can get on your email list as well. Okay, perfect. Yeah, and find you Thank that you. way because yeah. do you still have that opt-in set up that way for the, where, where they get yeah. the math studies? Perfect. Yeah. We'll yeah, make sure if, that- if any- yeah, and if you guys are listening, Dr. Tina has amazing emails. Uh, I, I love the one last week on the study with um, the Delta variant. That was great. Oh, nice. So Thanks. that was really good. <laughs> so be sure to connect with your favorite people offline because more censorship's coming. Yeah, yeah. We can speak more freely there. So thank you so much, sir. It's a pleasure to finally get to meet you and chat with you. Thanks, Dr. Tina. The pleasure's all mine. Thanks for listening to The Dr. Tina Show. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram at Dr. Tina, that's D-R-T-Y-N-A, and Dr. Tina 2.0, as well as visit my website at drtina.com. This is a Resonant Media production produced by Drake Peterson and mixed by Chris McCone. The theme song is by John the Guilt. As always, you can email the show at podcast at drtina.com. And if you like this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. See you next week. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practices of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. I am a doctor, but I am not your doctor. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and the materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content on this podcast is intended not to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice from any medical condition they have, and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions.